Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life Story. As always, I'm your host, Tyler Honig. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. What Life Story is, is it's really my excuse to get to hang with a lot of friends, mentors, and find out about the highs and lows of their lives and what led them into the people that they are today. If you're returning to my podcast, thank you so much for your continued support. I think you're going to enjoy this episode today. Today, I have a former coworker of mine from when I worked at Meeker Elementary School back during undergrad, and they are someone that also volunteers at my community theater and has been someone that has just given me a lot of good advice over the last couple of years. So today I have Susan Norris. Susan is a human magpie, artist, actress, traveler, retired arts teacher, and mother of four grown sons. Susan is passionate about rescuing discarded objects and transforming them into art. She is committed to resourceful ways of being, rescuing, recycling, and repurposing ideas in daily life. She attended Iowa State from 1974 to 1978, earning a BA in arts education. In 1976, Susan earned a master's in arts education. She was a twice recognized with the award by the Ames Community Arts Council, served twice on the Ames Public Arts Commission, and has been involved with the Ames Community Theater for over 30 years. And with that, here is the life story of Susan Norris. Tell me your story, your life story. Hi, Susan. How are you doing today? Hi, Tyler. I'm doing well. I'm excited uh, at the prospect of getting a new house to live in after living in an apartment or living in apartments for... 10 years? More than 10 years? Yeah. That's the most uh, present thing in my mind right now. That's cool. (laughs) Well, for my listeners and stuff, how you and I met was I was a teaching assistant at Meeker, God, like probably almost 10 years ago, which is very crazy for me to think. But you worked as the art teacher at Meeker, and we also volunteered at the Ames Community Theater together. Right. Um, So I just remember meeting you at Meeker, and you just your classroom being the most creative place, which you're the art teacher there, so you should be the most creative place in the school. But I just remember you giving me such good advice during those times about when I was switching jobs, when I was in college, and just always being a really fun person to get to talk with and hang out with. So I'm happy that we've gotten to keep that connection. And now being back in Ames, me being back in Ames, we can continue that particularly through the Ames Community Theater. It's great. And it's for the listeners. It's possible I might have visited you when you were in Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. But uh, that didn't happen. It could have worked out, but it didn't. But that's okay. (laughs) But here we are. Yes. And you bring up a good point. Even before getting to your life story, you mentioned um, buying a house soon. Can you tell my listeners about your kind of trek across the United States? Because I think that is the most interesting thing I had heard in a long time. Okay. Well, I retired from teaching school Mm -hmm. on June 5th. 2018 and up before that day I had gone through my things you know was this what's that book um the the um, art of tidying up yes hold it in your hand as a spark joy but I had this idea that I wanted to go on a trip around the United States in the fall of 2017 okay and I don't really know how it popped in my head yeah a math teacher wouldn't like that. You know, you got to show your work, right? Exactly. So um, I, in my head, I was thinking, well, what do I have to do to get ready to go on such a trip? Mm-hmm. I've already got a good car for it, a 2016 Subaru Outback. Oh, yeah, good okay? car. And um, I thought, well, I probably should get rid of most of my stuff mm-hmm. because I, I'm living in a rental property. I don't want to pay for storage. I'm a cheapskate. No. I asked some friends, would you keep a bin of stuff? Would you keep a bin of stuff? Yeah. You know, like plates and beds and things. Yeah, the mementos. You don't yeah, want to Yeah, and the mementos. And then, um, so 10 days after my last day of work, I was on the road. Mm-hmm. And I did have a loose plan of, okay. of a route. My goal was to go to the 19 states I'd never been in before and to visit friends and family. Okay. All around the United States. So I was heading for L.A. to begin with mm-hmm. because that's where my uh, son Chris lives. Okay. Looking forward to spending quality time with him for like a week, right? And what great weather in L.A. I know. And, um, you know, I stopped a couple of places before I got to L.A., but then I went up the um, 
the coast, mm -hmm. the California coastline a little bit, and visited friends in Oregon and Washington. Went to uh, Idaho. I'd never been to Idaho, so I went to um, what was the name of that lake? Oh, it's it's slipping my mind. Um, it's in northern Idaho, like very close to the okay. Canadian border. I've never been to Idaho. But but I'm just in that one little part, yeah. you know. But you can still say you made it into the state. I did, and I wanted in Glacier National Park. So, like, oh, you know, nice. so L.A. was a big place, and there were friends with it on the way, and then Glacier was a big deal. Uh -huh. And then I came back down through other people in Montana. I went to Yellowstone, South Dakota, never been there. Okay. North Dakota, I just went to Fargo, but okay. that counts. Yeah, still counts. And um, then I actually had to come back to Ames for a doctor's appointment. Hey, that okay. worked out. Yeah. And um, so then next, I'm going up to northern Minnesota. Never mm -hmm. been to, you know, Lake Superior. Okay. And um, Kind of the Duluth area? Yes. Nice. Yeah. And north, I actually went up to Thunder Bay, Canada. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> There's so many great stories to tell about that, but um, then I... I'm going, let's see, I I went actually through Canada to get to Niagara Falls mm -hmm. on the Canadian side. Never been to Niagara Falls. All right. And then New England, that's where most of the states had never been in before. See, in well, New England's an area I haven't been a lot to. I've been in New York, and that's kind of been yeah. as far up there. Yeah, so had a, a friend who used to live in Ames to mm -hmm. visit in New York, and... Um, then I actually stayed with someone I never met before. Oh. A friend of a friend who lived in Buffalo. Okay. And this, my friend said, oh, you two are going to love each other. You should call Deb and see if you can stay with her. And, <laughs> and we are still friends just from that one night. Yeah. You know, that was cool. Um, then I went through Virginia, and I went on that bridge. It's like it goes under. Oh, I know. Underwater. I don't know the name of it, but I know exactly you know what you're talking about. I mean, it's like you're underwater for 25 miles or something. I don't know. And um, actually, North Carolina, I stayed put in North Carolina for a bit. Okay. I'm, I'm up into October of 2018 now. Uh -huh. I'm going to squash the rest of it. Or not. That's fine. Maybe we're just going to talk about my trip. Maybe. Because it. it's like, how do I ever top that? <laughs> I really, I don't know. It Jump out me. of an airplane or something, which yeah. I'm not going to do. But um, <laughs> Okay, but so I'm, I'm staying in North Carolina for a bit in Charlotte with my uh -huh. parents. But I took trips while I was there. Okay. One was to go to Raleigh, North Carolina, mm -hmm. where my family lived in the 60s, and visit my friend Susan. Okay. Who, um, from eighth grade. Yeah. I had not seen her since eighth grade. Wow. And Had uh, you talked on the phone and stuff still? Not for a really long time. Like okay. in college, I called her once and said, oh, you guys are going to be in the such and such a bowl. And she's like, no, that's UNC and we're NC State. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but she it was so cool because she had the same mannerisms, mm -hmm. you know, like the same gestures. And, and you just fall right back into yeah. where you were. And then I don't know if you're familiar with George Carlin at all. Ever I know the name. He has a really great bit about stuff. Uh-huh. Like all the stuff that you have. And then you, you go on a vacation and you, you'd have to decide what kind of stuff to bring with you. And then someone says, hey, do you want to go visit Bob for a night? And then you got to <laughs> figure out the stuff from your stuff that you're going to bring to Bob's, yeah. you know. So this happened when I visited Susan Navy. We went to the Outer Banks. Mm -hmm. They had a beach house. And I had to <laughs> figure out the stuff. But anyway, I had... Um, Oysters for the first time. Oh, okay. Oysters like fresh that her husband gathered yeah. in the morning and then. Do you like them? Yeah, it was okay. Well, it was just, you know, it was doing it in the Outer Banks. Yeah. Did you use Tabasco sauce with yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. And, uh -huh. and, you know, doing it on the grill and the newspaper on the table. Uh -huh. And you're all just standing around and <laughs> eating the oysters. So that was, that added to the flavor. Yeah. So, um, we're, and I went to Nashville from. Charlotte, it seems like I went one more place. And then I'm up to December, I'm going visiting friends in Atlanta, then going to Florida. And I spent mm -hmm. three and a half weeks in Florida. Not a bad place to spend three and a half weeks. Yeah, lots of lots of people to visit in Florida. Yeah. And uh, in January, so I'm missing hurricane season. That's good. The way I planned my route, uh, I, I missed out on a lot of weather. Mm -hmm. And so that was great. And one woman I say with in February... In January in Florida, mm -hmm. 
originally from Ames. Okay. Uh, she saw me on Facebook and said, hey, are you going to come and visit us in Sarasota? I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then she told me that I should go to Montgomery, Alabama okay. to the National Museum of Peace and Justice, mm -hmm. National Monument for Peace and Justice, and the EJI, people call it like the Lynching Museum or whatever. Yeah. And I also went to Selma and stood on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Oh, how yeah. was that? Amazing. Yeah. Incredible. And I stayed with other people from Ames who, um, I don't know if you've been to Ames High School, but the gym at the new Ames High is called the Harrison Barnes Gym. Yeah. And the people that I visited, their youngest son played on that team. Oh, wow. Played with Harrison Barnes. Yeah. But he is now um, a camera person for ESPN or NBC Sports. So he's well, made sweet. it in his own right. Um, the folks I stayed with in Alabama, this is going to be like um, the interview I had for my first teaching job where they <laughs> asked me one or two questions and I just started talking. And then hey, like that's okay. 35 minutes later, like, well, I think we're done. <laughs> 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 so, um, okay. In Alabama, I stayed with the Davis family. Uh-huh. Baymanette. Mm. You have to say it with a southern accent. Oh, of course. Baymanette. Baymanette. Which is very close to Mobile. Yep, where I've lived. Oh, wow. So you were close to Baymanette. I was. Didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. I got to go to Mobile to a flea market. Okay. With um, Joanna. Oh, I'm saying a name here. But it's good. It's a it's good It's a good story. name. Um. So the Davises lived near my family in South Ames on Garden Road in the 80s, mm -hmm. 90s. They had um, three sons. And then like six years after the youngest son, they had another son. Mm -hmm. And Joanna would say, oh, Susan, you've got to have another baby. I'm like, no way. <laughs> and then four years later, I had a fourth son. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she said, don't you just love it? Aren't you just so happy? <laughs> But it's cool. They're really cool people, and they grew up in Alabama. Okay. So, like, when I was there, I went to Black Baptist Church, okay. which was an incredible experience. And um, what else? Oh, that family, the Davis family, had taken my oldest son on a vacation mm -hmm. to Alabama when Jim was 10 years old. Oh, nice. So, this is in 1990. Okay. So, they had... Still had pictures of that, you know. And That's cool. They were talking about it, saying that people would look at them like, what are you doing with this white kid? Mm -hmm. You know, so that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's what you get going to different regions. Yeah. You know, and they told stories about growing up in the Ku Klux Klan. Mm -hmm. And having to be inside by dark every day because... Yeah. And so... So we're up to, we're almost done. No, you're good. I'm we're enjoying it. We're up to February it. or whatever, early February. Then I went to, I'd never been to um, Austin, Texas. Okay. And my son, my third son, Mark, was teaching linguistics at OU at the time. Okay. And I had said ahead of time, do you, would you come and meet me in Austin? Because he knows Austin. Mm -hmm. Actually, he met me in Waco. Okay. Been we there? Spent a night in Waco. And we went to Bucky's. I know a Bucky's. Yeah. Driving from, I mean, everyone should experience Bucky's. <laughs> uh, from Waco to Austin, mm -hmm. we had a great just twenty four hours in Austin. Stayed at a nice hotel. Yeah. You know, so on the trip, I would stay with friends. Yeah, I was going to ask you. For most of your trip, you basically stayed at somebody's house. You probably didn't use a lot of hotels. I did. Well, it was. I mean, I could talk about this trip for a whole day. I, I did stay in a lot of hotels. Oh, you did? Okay. So, like, um, I would plan, like, two weeks out, I would, you know, would call a person and say, hey, you know, I'm going to be in your area mm -hmm. in a couple weeks. Is it still okay if I, you know? Yeah. It's not like a surprise. Yeah. I had told people, I might be doing this and I might call you. Um, but if I wasn't going to stay, like, New England, I didn't know anybody in New England. Yeah. So, I am, like... Days at a time, mm -hmm. looking. I'm in. I'm in one town, and then I'm. I'm in the looking on my phone, like see, trying to find a place to stay mm -hmm. two nights from now, like Vermont. Oh yeah. I'm in New England in the fall, and I was going to spend one night in Vermont, and all the hotel rooms were like 
350 $400. That's a lot for one night. What am I going to do? And I found a KOA campground, mm. and they had one place I could stay. But the woman said, well, it's a it's a cabin, and it's 160 bucks a night. I'm like, I'll take it. And I loved it. Yeah. It was like a log cabin. It was so <laughs> cool. And I'm like, I mean, it was a perfect. A log cabin in New England. Yeah. But that that was a part of the fun of the trip, Exactly. Too. I didn't eat out a lot. Okay. Because that's an expense. I, I had... Yeah. And that can get expensive. I know. For the first five months, I wasn't getting a paycheck. Yeah. I was waiting till the end of October to get my first IPERS check. So mm -hmm. I, I had taken $10,000 out of my savings account, and that's what I was using. Yeah. So so I would stay in hotels. I camped four times. All right. I had a tent and stuff in my vehicle. Um, so, okay, we're, where are we now? We're in Austin with my son, and then I went to Marfa. I'd only want to go to Marfa, Texas. Okay. Because I saw it on 60 Minutes one time. <laughs> It's like a town. It was a in World War II, a tiny little town. It's near that forest. You know the forest in South Texas. I'm not ringing any bells. The national in that one. forest or but whatever. Yeah. This is terrible. I should have done my homework. Hey, that's okay. But I mean, see, I I was very close to that forest. Yeah. But I I couldn't do everything. Right? Yeah. I wanted to go to Marfa. Yeah. And so I go to Marfa, and then I realize, okay, none of the. It's a tiny little town that also has. A lot of art. Yeah. Because this famous artist Judd made a compound there in the 1960s. Oh. And then other artists came. But like the art stuff is open from Wednesday through mm -hmm. Saturday. And I got there on a Sunday. was staying Monday and Tuesday and leaving on Wednesdays. <laughs> so I blew that one. <laughs> but it was, I had the best experience. I ran into this couple who... Um, at the historical society, and they invited me to their house. Like, we never invite people to our house. Hmm. But, oh, they took me on a tour first. Okay. And the guy's like, you're not going to know about this stuff going on a regular tour of Marfa. You know, oh, of course. <laughs> and then they took me to their house, and he had this mini museum in his house, a Holocaust museum. Wow. In Marfa, Texas, hmm. a town of, I don't know, a very tiny little town. Sure. In the... In the um, what do you call where all the oil... The panhandle the, area? No, um, not the panhandle. It starts with a P. Ugh. It's like kind of a um, a wasteland, but it's where lots of oil fields are. Listen, look at us. We'll look Is it up that, and I'll it, put it in I, the comments. Okay, good. So um, so I went from there to um, Carlsbad. Cabin. Yes. To to oh, loved Cabin. that area yeah. because that's very close to where I was. Yeah. And I didn't go on the Highway of Death. Okay. I was told about the Highway of Death. Another, I can't remember the number of it, mm -hmm. but it's where all the oil tankers drive. And yeah. they, it really is treacherous to drive on that road. Yeah. Because they don't care. They're in a hurry to get where they're going. Yeah. But anyway, I, this hotel that I picked to stay in, mm -hmm. in Stevens, it was, Steve, was it Stevens Hotel? It was a about 20 miles north of Carlsbad. Mm -hmm. It's where all the oil rig workers stayed. Mm. Um, they had complex A, B, C, D, and there's Probably all these, these oil cars, tankers, yep. and I'm like, oh my And here God. comes you in your little car. Yes, I know. <laughs> and of course, I had to go to the hotel bar, right? Yeah. Because I could have some drinks and walk back to my room. I wasn't yeah. going to drive anywhere. And all these oil men in their onesies with their <laughs> the little you know emblem on yeah. them sitting around the bar. And a guy sitting next to me was going on and on about AOC and how he hated AOC. And mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm in oil country and I'm just going to nod my head yeah. and listen to what this fellow and has to get off his chest. Yeah. Yeah. And then I said that I can't four times. And I also had four encounters with males mm -hmm. that were a little shady. Sure. Uh, you know, so I'm a friendly person. Yeah. And if I have a couple drinks, I forget that you you have to temper your friendliness mm -hmm. when you're a stranger and in another place. Yeah. So did you get to go to Cadillac Row at all when you were in Texas? No. So no. do you know what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of friends that would go and you just you paint up these Cadillacs that are just mm. kind of off on the side of the road. Very beautiful, very fun. I have a lot of friends that have initials on them and other things now. Man, how could I miss that? Hey, you know, just another trip. It is. Um, so I'm just gonna briefly say there's this fellow, he was like the 
the head of the the work group in yeah. the onesies talking to him who sort of propositioned me and I, I mean he did I I did I said no I mean I yeah. wasn't I was, I didn't get into trouble but like the next day I'm like you better be careful yeah <laughs> so um you know I'm I'm so lucky that yeah. nothing I mean my car never broke down no it wasn't in a dust storm that's good when you're driving on those roads a haboob Oh, you know the word haboob. Oh, I know the word haboob. They hit Lubbock a couple of times. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) At that point, you're just stopping your car and you're not going anywhere. That's what they say. Oh, haboob, boy. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, I have a a connection with a friend Uh about over the word haboob. (laughs) Okay, so what did I do after... um, Carlsbad, I'm like, you cannot go on a trip all the way around the United States uh-huh. and not go to the Grand Canyon. Of course. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. On the way, I probably was 50 miles away from the Grand Canyon when I was going to Los, mm-hmm. or, um, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I went through the tip of Nevada. I was probably very close. So on the, on the, I'm almost done. I've like got a month left. And I go to the Grand Canyon and um, stayed in Williams, was it? Which is like 50 miles away. And it snowed. That's that's when it snowed, <laughs> going to the Grand Canyon. And then I went to um, Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Love it's a Santa beautiful Fe. area. I, yeah. If I could live in a state, New Mexico is one of the top states I go to. I just don't have family there. That's the okay. only reason I wouldn't want to go. I love New Mexico. Yeah. Though. What's not to love? Yeah. So I, I actually stayed... Um, I was going to stay three nights in Santa Fe. Like, <laughs> I had booked this cute little Airbnb. Or or maybe it was like, they had like eight or nine rooms or something. Mm-hmm. And with the little stove in the corner and, you yeah. know, like the really Spanish type architecture. And, and I get there and the guy says, no, you're supposed to stay here next week. Oh, no. But they had... One room for one night. So I got the to The luck. Oh, I know. And then I went, what the hell? And I stayed in a kind of an expensive hotel, right? In, yeah. Right in downtown Santa Fe. Because I wanted to be able to walk to everything. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, that's a luxury. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I'm <laughs> like the second or third night I was there, like at six o'clock, a, a fire alarm went off and everyone went down in the lobby and I started mm-hmm. talking to this group of people Four couples, and they had just left Ames, Iowa. Of all the places. To go on a one-month road trip with each other, you know. <laughs> and they invited me to go out to dinner. Okay. And they, of course, they paid. Yeah. It was amazing. Good to see some people from a town you I from. Know. But th- there's so many. That's, that is the beauty of the trip that I took. Yeah. Those kinds of encounters and experiences, you know. Truly, the world is a small place. Yeah. And, um... I guess after that, I went to Albuquerque. Do you know LaDonna? I do know LaDonna. I stayed with LaDonna. Oh, gosh. In Albuquerque. I'm sure that was a blast and a half. Oh, yeah. During, right about now, because um, the Ma- uh, March Madness was going on. Oh, sure. But she has the most incredible view of these mountains from her oh, wow. window. Windows. Like yeah. the whole, uh, would it be the east? Yeah, her east-facing windows because you watch the sunset. Yeah. And the mountains are pink and purple. Oh, just gosh. And she took me to the place, uh, Breaking Bad, you know, they filmed oh, it there. Cool. So, then, you know, there's a lot of touristy places where you can go yeah. get fake meth or whatever, you know. It's like can- <laughs> it's like rock candy, but you, yeah. you get your picture taken and it looks like you're... <laughs> uh, put on the bald cap, yeah, the yeah. goatee. I know. And I and I did all that for my son Tom, the same son I mentioned earlier. Yeah. That came ten years after <clears throat> my former youngest son. I call him. Of course, all my three older sons are former youngest sons, right? That's true. <laughs> but you get what I mean. I get you. He has the mindset of the youngest son. Uh huh. So um, okay. So from Albuquerque, then I went to Norman, uh-huh. where my son Mark was teaching yeah and then i drove from norman back to ames so stupid i'm sure that had to be a long trip may march 23rd uh-huh. so we're so close to that four years ago 
and there was bad weather. Mm-hmm. So I'm like watching the weather. Should I go? Should I go? And then like at noon, I'm like, I'm going to go. <laughs> you idiot. I mean, it's like a 10 hour drive. It is. 10 hour drive. And it was like a monsoon all the way through Kansas City. Ugh. And that was before I had my cataract surgery. It was That was pretty scary. Yeah. But then I... Um, I went directly to London Underground when I got into Ames. I was going to ask you, where was the first place you went? <laughs> Not a bad place to choose. I know. And I, you know, this is like how my life is. My life is like a collage. Yeah. Everything's overlapping and connected. And I really get a big charge out of that. Nice. That's one reason why I like community theater so much. Because yeah. community theater is kind of a collage of different people from different walks of life who Mm -hmm. all bring their special talents we all bring something different to the table we all have our special talents but i'm gonna circle back to buffalo yeah please because the reason i went to london underground is a friend of mine said that i should do that we're gonna be there to welcome you back okay okay and i was gonna stay at her house for about a week when i got back and um she's the same person that Told me about her friend in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. And then mm. I also visited her in Portland. Oh, nice. She she and her husband were on vacation in Portland. So I got to, I don't know, just, it, it's amazing. And this is the first time I've really gotten to talk about it in this Good. way. Good. Well, yeah. I'm happy. I was yeah. the person that got to kind of be the receptacle for yeah, it. Yeah, Um. So let's go back in time a little bit and touch on some of the main points of your life story. So um, start off, you're the oldest of four. That's right. Uh Talk about that. Talk about your dad worked for IBM, and I loved the little thing you put for that. It's the I've been moved. Right, So tell me about a little of that. What was life growing up as the oldest of four? Okay. I um, have the stereotypical qualities of an oldest person. Mm Mm-hmm. Being a worry wart about okay. certain things, always wanting to do the right thing or make sure I'm following the rules or whatever. And also the mothering aspect of being the oldest. Sure. I remember uh, New Year's Eve, I'm thinking of a particular New Year's Eve in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. And my parents are going to go out and stay out till three in the morning and drink yeah. a lot. And that was back when if you went to a restaurant, you had to bring your own you brought the mixer or something. Okay. Or like you bring your own wine bottle or yeah, something. Yeah. Anyway, but they went out. And so I'm like in charge of making New Year's Eve fun for my okay. two sisters. And how old are you probably at this I'm point? I'm like 11 or 12. Okay, yeah. Okay. And then Wendy was two and a half years younger than me. And Sally was two and a half years younger than her. Sure. Okay. So I make punch, you know, like with sherbet and 7-Up and yeah. I don't know what the hell else was in there. And... um. We're listening to Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass, <laughs> Whipped Cream and Other Delights. I don't know if you've ever seen this album cover. I have not. I'll okay. have to Google it. Okay, but it's, the background is green. I'm going to say it's from like 1964, 65, 66, sure. something like that. And there's a woman sitting on this green background and she's covered in whipped cream. <laughs> and like on her breast, you can see her cleavage. And mm-hmm. I, as an 11, 12 year old, I'm like, that is disgusting. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And she has whipped cream on her forefinger, and she's, like, licking it. Uh-huh. She has some on her head, too. I just thought, oh, that's really disgusting. But the music was the music great. The music was great. The music was great. So we're dancing around, and we've got, you know, noisemakers and things like yeah. that. Yeah. So that's an example of, I'm just like when I was an art teacher, I was often trying to make fun. Yeah. For my kids or the neighborhood kids, you know. Did y'all end up making it to midnight or did y'all cry oh, before? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, we did. But, like, the parents, you know, didn't come home till who knows Exactly. Yeah. So, I think I mentioned in your um, questionnaire going on vacations. Yeah. That was a wonderful memory. And I'm so thankful to my parents that that was, they felt that was important yeah. for us to go on vacations. Like, they took us to Washington, D.C., Okay. When I was in fourth grade. And um, we would mostly go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So that's only like a little over a four-hour drive from that's not bad. Raleigh. Maybe it's less than, it's from Charlotte. But anyway, and also to the mountains in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So that is the geography of my heart, the Great Smoky Mountains. Mm-hmm. 
before I die, I need to find a mom and pop cabin somewhere in the Smoky Mountains where I could go like for three or four weeks once a year. I'm sure you could find a great Airbnb. Yeah, but I, I don't need a vacation house, nor can I afford one, but that would just really renew my spirit yeah. every year. You know, just sit in the rocking chair and not, you know, yeah. not watch TV, not have obligations. That See was the a, sunset. Yes. That was a cool part of my trip. Nine months with no obligations. That sounds so nice. Yeah. Hmm. Everyone should try it. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so that's what our family like to do. We love to play games. Okay. And my let's that's one thing my mom and dad have in common. They they play bridge. At mm-hmm. least my mom has Alzheimer's. Okay. She's eighty eight. She can still play bridge. <laughs> you know that's a neural pathway that, yeah. that's well worn into her brain and it still works. Yeah. Just blows my mind. But that I mean we would play this game called Rummy Royal. Okay. Is it like Rummy Cube? No, no, it's a it's played with cards and poker chips. Okay. So you have a a green plastic mat you put on the table, and and then, um. A, there's a center part where it says kitty, and then around that center part, there's a picture of a ace of hearts, queen of hearts, a jack of hearts, a ten of hearts. Who did I leave out? Ace, king, queen, jack, ten, queen, king, eight, nine, ten. And then there's four aces on the corner. So it's sure. it's a mindless game. Uh-huh. You deal out the cards. Mm-hmm. And you deal an extra hand. And um, so that's what that's what makes the play of the cards work. Because there's an extra hand, right? Sure. And then you, whoever has the two of clubs, plays the two of clubs. And mm-hmm. then you, you know, three of clubs, four of clubs. Oops, you get to a place where the eight of clubs is in that extra hand. Oh. So you have to stop, and then you go, you play your lowest red card. Yeah. So the the hearts that are around the circle, <clears throat> if you get to play one of those cards, it's called a pay card. Mm-hmm. Then you get the kitty, you get the money that's in the center. I'm not good at explaining games. That's okay. I'm but getting be, it. I mean, before you you play the cards, you also play poker uh-huh. with the hands. So that gets money in the pot. In okay. The so then you you play the cards, and whenever you get to one that's in the extra hand, you have to stop and go lowest red or lowest black. And then the person who first plays their last card stops the play of the cards and gets all the money. Oh. And sometimes you might be holding one of those hearts that's a pay card, and you don't get to play it. Okay. So you don't get the money. Hmm. But, I mean, we have popcorn. We had one of those bumper pool tables or something where you could flip the top. One top yeah. was flat, and then you flip it over, and it's a bumper pool table. And we'd sit in our family room and eat popcorn and drink pop and just That play sounds games. so fun. And, it, you know, it's um, fun without money. Yeah. Fun without money. Really and I, I understand cooking and baking were very big for your family, especially sugar cookies. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you should be so lucky to come to our house and we're decorating sugar cookies mm-hmm. because my kids are all creative types in different ways. Yeah. But when we, and they still like to do it. My sons, 43, 40, 38, almost 28, they still want to decorate sugar cookies. Well, that just means it's fun. And um, every year somebody comes up with a new technique. Okay. Something to do, right? Hmm. Like, um, am I going to be able to think of one? My son, Chris, is the most, uh, he's a musician and a visual artist and a performer. But he's, no, I can't say he's the best because every one of them has come up with a clever new thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, the frosting is uh, confectioner's sugar and milk and vanilla. And you have to get it just the right consistency. Mm Mm-hmm. To be able to, like, drizzle it over the cookie. So you could, like, spell a word. And, you know, we're not pushing it through a pastry bag or anything. We're just drizzling it with the end of a spoon. Oh, it should be done. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You know it. Or one year we figured out how to do marbling. Mm -hmm. What You you drizzle some strips of frosting and and a contrasting color across the base color. And then you... 
you draw a knife through it mm -hmm. one way and the other way, and it makes a marbling, you know. Yeah. And then, um, oh, now they've come out with, like, wiggly, not wiggly eyes, but little eyes made out oh, of sugar. yes. Like, like white with the black. And, oh, you can have a lot of fun with that. One of the most incredible cookies that's been made in this decade. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's 2023. <laughs> Chris made it. He made this giant octopus cookie. Oh, that's cool. And then he just put all different colors of frosting on there and put a bunch of those eyes on it. Uh-huh. I could still picture it. And we're all just like, drop jaw. Chris, how did you think to do that, you know? <laughs> and another, uh, or a... Um, tradition at the near the end because I always make a double batch which mm -hmm. is like hundreds of cookies and we roll out really thin yeah because that makes it crispy with the with the so what you're saying is that the holidays I need to be texting you to try a Norris I know cookie. yes yes oh they taste so good I'm sure because I'm salivating hearing about it because the frosting you put the frosting on after about a day it kind of softens up the cookie mm-hmm and then it just melts in your mouth when you eat it. Mm. I mean, oh, it's terrible. I, I can never give up sugar because i got to <laughs> eat the sugar cookies. But i got to tell you, when they were little, you know, it was really fun for like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then my husband and I would have to finish decorating all the rest of the cookies because they'd be off wanting to oh, sure. play or whatever. And it's still that way, kind of. Yeah. You know, you're like, yeah, yeah. And then you get about midway through. And you're you like, fizzle out. You fizzle out. And, but, at, but at the very end... We always put like black, cut up black plastic garbage bags put on the table. Mm -hmm. And at the very end, there's just like sprinkles and sugar and blobs of frosting all over that black plastic. <laughs> then you get to make, uh, enter your, um, oh, I can't think of the word I want. Uh, come on, come on. You, we all try to make the ugliest cookie. Okay. You can imagine how that is. You just like scrape up all that crap on the black plastic and slide it on the cookie. <laughs> you put every kind of sprinkles on there that you can have. Do you all ever try to eat them or are they too yeah, disgusting? Yeah, because they know because they look disgusting, but it's sugar. I mean, that's true. That's Close true. What am your I eyes thinking? and take a bite. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> delicious. But that, you know, that kind of encapsulates my uh, way of being in this world. Yeah. You know, like... Any okay, I'm gonna tell you another funny story. Please do. Tangents are fun. Okay. Uh improv. My son Mark, did you ever do that in high school? I've done a little bit of it, but I would not say like I ever was the master of it. Okay, but uh, my son Mark did individual improv and okay. speech, and I and I've thought five minutes, you're on your own on stage. Yeah. If you get a mental blank, no one's gonna jump in and you know, try to bring you no. back in to the thing. So I, I have great admiration for that. But um, one improv thing that happened in our family, this was in Ames when we lived at Garden Road. One night I was in a silly mood and I took a liter pop bottle mm -hmm. and I just started riffing off that liter pop bottle. <laughs> like thinking of all the different things it might be. And my kids are like looking at each other like, Mom is gone crazy what's she doing but then they kind of joined in yeah and um yeah that's, that's <laughs> another but and then let's see let me that reminds me of yeah um i could tell stories about teaching i i was just gonna say like yeah. let's talk about yeah let's talk about the creativity of you being an art teacher what led you to that okay uh i was supposed to major in computer science yeah because Big my, difference. my dad worked for IBM mm -hmm. in 1974, I graduated from high school, and they bought me a calculator to go to college. It cost like 180 bucks, mm -hmm. and it was a chunk. You know, I can I, imagine, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Texas Instruments. Okay. <laughs> the only brand to go with. That's right. And uh, But anyway, they, they wanted me to be a career woman. Like, you know, yeah. you could make a lot of money in computer science, and I was always good in, in math. Well, and your mom was the first president of the Rochester I Chamber know. of Commerce. So, I mean, that's a lot to live up to. It is. It really, really is. Well, yeah, very intelligent person. Um, and a lots to admire in that. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, I just followed along with what they thought I should do. Yeah. And, but I had not had calculus, and I had oh. not had trigonometry. 
So when it came to Iowa State, and we were on the quarter system then, yep. I got a C in my first calculus class. I, I really didn't get it. I don't even know how I got a C. I'm not a math person either. Give and, me a paper. I'll write you an essay. Um, and But then, so I'm taking the next calculus course, and I'm failing. I, mm -hmm. I think I actually dropped it. Okay. But I had tested out of like five German courses. Okay. So that was a buffer, you know, even though I dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I also enjoyed partying a lot when I first came to Iowa State. But but I'm looking around and, and I thought, oh, I'm going to major in botany. So I changed my major to botany. Okay. And I got in a class that was a 300-level class. I should never have been in that class. As a first-year student? Yeah. Wow. About plant taxonomy and classification. Okay. Which is cool. I think um, science is related to art in the way that you must be observant. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, Nature so, is beauty. Yeah. And especially botany, biology. So I, I really dug that class. That was the hardest final I ever took mm -hmm. because there were only 35 questions on it. And the answer could be A. It could be A, C, and D. Oh. It could be none of the other. So you really have I to I had a professor like that, too. Yeah. So... So I took botany for a quarter, and I liked it. But I, then I thought, I'm going to have to take organic chemistry. Ooh, okay. I don't think I can handle that. And also, I was looking around at people in my dorm making art projects for homework. Yeah. And, and here I'd been struggling with math and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I should, I should try that. <laughs> <laughs> and my thinking was... I kind of, you know, I thought about advertising design, but I thought I won't want to do what other people tell me to do. Exactly. I won't want to have to work for a client and try to please a client. I don't think that's going to work well for me. So I'll be, I'll go into art education. Yeah. And it was perfect. That is, yeah. that's what was meant to be for me. And so did you always know you wanted to work? Well, you didn't always work with elementary students, did you? No. So. No. What made you want to go into, like, the public school system, work with them? What about the creativity of kids made you want to do it? Wow. Uh, they are not intimidated. And, and you can tap into, I mean, the way people express themselves, mm -hmm. individuals, whether they're five, I won't say two-year-olds, because yeah. they make cool stuff, and then they want to paint black all over it. Just exactly. for the experience of, wow, look at that black, you know. So, <laughs> but, like, so I'll start with five-year-olds up to, you know, 80-year-olds. Yeah. The way people express themselves is a window to who they are. Mm -hmm. Just like the a person's gait, how a person walks, yeah. a person's handwriting. Um, so, so that intrigued me, just wanting to connect with individuals, yeah. wanting them to know that I see you, mm -hmm. you matter, I value the way you express yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, when I told you about being the oldest mm -hmm. and entertaining my younger siblings, that kind of makes sense yeah. um, to become a teacher. And my mom says that it makes me scowl, you... You were my nester. Like, is that really? That's how you're going to categorize me? I'm the nester? I'm like, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. It's, I didn't have a choice. It was, it was the role that You I, were the third in command after mom and dad. That's right. So, and then, um, yeah, there's other stuff going on there. <laughs> the third, but, um, so anyway, that's how I got into it. And I, and again, I had this. This comes from my parents, like, you should go into computer science because you'll make a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. Money is not a motivator for me. No. Not at all. So that didn't matter. And I wouldn't have, like, my brother is an IT guy. Mm -hmm. And he, I don't think he's ever had a job that he likes. Mm -hmm. He's good at doing the IT stuff, but that the world of working for banks or whatever he's doing is, like, really high stress. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of... Um, jockeying for position sure stuff like that going on so um teaching practically you get summer you know you get summers off and and um i had a baby in march of my second year of teaching okay so it was good to have summers off yeah and and it's a steady paycheck with 
um, benefits and stuff. Yeah. And it ended up, um, I was married for 27 years, and the mm-hmm. man I was married to, um, three times lost his job or was fired and didn't work for a year. Mm. So, um, it was good that I had a job with benefits yeah. and summers off and stuff like that. That's cool. So, yeah, my first job I taught high school and elementary school. Okay. In Interstate 35 School District. Hmm. So I would go to the high school in Truro every morning and teach Art 1 and Art 2 and have okay. a planning period. Then I go sit in the boiler room. <laughs> this is terrible. There was this... I like big... Sorry. I like big men. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. It's we, out there. Why not? We all, you know, I don't know why I'm attracted like like a Viking kind of a guy. You there know, we like go. Tall and with lots of girth and stuff. And <laughs> there's this guy, Mister Mainz. Uh-huh. He was a farmer and the the science teacher. Like he taught physics and stuff like that. Interesting. And I would sit on his lap in the teachers' lounge. I'm like 21. You know, hmm. they. When I did my student teaching in Southeast Polk, uh, I would be asked, where's your hall pass all the time? Oh, sure. So, so, yeah, anyway. When did you get the nickname Coach Norris? Because that's how I first (laughs) heard about you was, oh, you got to go meet Coach Norris, the art teacher. And I'm like, okay. All right, here we go. So, um, I got back into teaching after being out of it for 12 years. Okay. when When our family moved from Wisconsin back to Iowa. Sure. And it was clear that we needed extra income. Mm-hmm. So I better get back into teaching. And, um, okay, am I, why am I even saying that? I got a job, I got a job teaching elementary art, right? Yeah, yeah. And I always thought I would like to teach high school. I mean, I liked elementary. I'm better suited for that. But I always thought, well, I want to teach high school because you can develop deeper relationships with the students sure. you see them every day and you might have them for more than one class yeah um at the time i was having a relationship with a man from alabama mm-hmm. we don't have time for that story <laughs> but <laughs> but i i called him dixie's last son he was as southern as southern can get uh-huh. he lived in this tiny little town bridgeport alabama four thousand people sure Owned a farm that there was a thing hanging on the wall in his double-wide trailer signed by President Andrew Jackson. Oh, wow. Taking the land away from the Indians and giving it to his ancestors. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's as southern as he was. Yeah. You know, and he lived on this farm, and they had a Civil War reenactment there. I mean, that's how freaking Dixie he was. And um, so... When I told him I was going to take a, try to get a job at the high school, like transfer, yeah, he goes, he, my, his nickname for me was Possum. Possum. That's another story. <laughs> he goes, Possum, you know art doesn't matter in high school. Mm-hmm. Only football matters. By the way, he taught social studies, and he was the middle school football coach. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Yeah. So there you go. And um, so I took that to heart. Mm-hmm. I said, well, then I'll just have to be a coach. There you go. I'll work. Uh, so in Ames High School, in the uh, classroom Art B, mm-hmm. one whole wall was a bulletin board. I went to Lowe's and got AstroTurf, put it on the bulletin board, made <laughs> yard lines, okay? And then this is wasted on high schoolers. Uh-huh. For my syllabus and all my handouts, I use football jargon. <laughs> okay? Like midterms was halftime and... Uh, you know, That's what, cool. Yeah. And then I wore a cap, and I had a whistle around my neck and a clipboard on the first day of class, right? Mm-hmm. And um, if anyone would say to me, now this, I got a football coach mixed up with an army sergeant, but I think sometimes it might be a little the same. Sure, sure. If anyone said, how come you're the coach? I would walk over to them and and get right in their face and say, you call that a contour line drawing? What were you thinking? <laughs> you call that a coal pot? Son, where did you... <laughs> but you got the respect. Yeah, and I had to... 
I, I just had to make a mark. I mean, yeah. you know, you go and get one chance to make a first impression. Exactly. So these kids are going to know this lady is different. You don't mess with Coach Norris. No. But, you know, this lady is different. Mm-hmm. And that just transitioned down to the elementary school yeah, so, level, too? So after three years, this was in 2008 when the uh, the stock market crashed, whatever, 2008? Yes. Okay, so we had a superintendent then that needed to cut the budget, and she decided any classes that had less than 20 people, they had to get rid of them. Yep. Pottery, jewelry making, mm-hmm. studio classes that had... So the high school job became less than a full-time job. Sure. And I had to have a full-time job, so I needed to go back to the elementary school. Okay. I was really sad about that. Yeah. Because I was just start I was there for 3 years and I was just starting to get some mo going. Yeah. Um so I had to I had to ponder that. Do I want to continue to be coach Norris mm-hmm. when I go back to elementary school and I decided that I did. Mm-hmm. And you you get a clue into how my brain works here that Oh boy. I didn't without going into reasons, I didn't want the person who was the principal to be able to call me by my first name. Okay. Coach Norris or coach. Yeah. Works. Yeah. I I was divorced. I didn't like I never liked Mrs. Sure. I don't like Miss. Yeah. So also Coach Norris fixes that. And it's problem. still a title. It's still a title. And um, at, again, on the first day of classes, every year with the little kindergartners, yeah. you know, I'd sit them all in a circle and I'd let them <laughs> each tell, tell me something about you, what you like to do. Yeah. And then I would say, now, you get to learn my name. Mm-hmm. My name is not Hey You or Hey Teacher. It's Coach Norris. And now we're going to say it five times in a row. <laughs> And they you know, I never was called "Hey, you were," and and the kids loved it. They love calling. And like out yeah. in public, they'd be like, "Hey, there's Coach Norris," and people, <laughs> and they still do. People still call me Coach Norris. Yeah. So, um, I I like attention. I like to be different, and wrong with you know that. that all went with it. But it's very poignant. Thank you for asking that. I might even get teary. The way that it happened was yeah. this person that was uh, really important in my life. Yeah. And um, just from him saying, you know, possum, art doesn't <laughs> matter in high school. It's all about football. Okay. Okay. And it kind of created a legacy for you over yeah. here. Like you said, the kids still call you that or would call you they that do. when they go and see at the grocery store. Yeah. Well, you know, there's always that new crop of kids. I go to downtown Fairway. Oh, yeah. Like you can work well. Now anybody can work anywhere at fourteen, I guess. With yeah. I, I should stay away from politics, but <laughs> you could work at Ferry when you're fourteen. Yeah, you can be at sat groceries and yeah. and face the shelves, right? And so there's some kids that just started working there a couple months ago, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, how can you be old enough to be mm-hmm. working at Ferry? My first year that I was a teaching assistant at Meeker, I worked in the fifth grade class, and all those students graduated last year, and some of them invited me to their grad parties. And so they were the same age I was when I first met them. And that blew my mind. Wow. That is mind-blowing. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't seem like it had been that long ago. I know. How, how old are you? I, am t- I just turned 27. Okay. So you're about the age of my youngest son. Yeah. And look at all you've done. Exactly. It's awesome. It's really awesome. All right, so as we are coming to the end of our podcast episode, which I have to tell you, I have not laughed this much in an episode in quite a long time. I ask all of my listeners this, but beforehand, I do a little synopsis of what we talked about. So from being the oldest of four, going on vacations with family, playing board games, um, having creating your own family, teaching, going on your long road trip. When you think of everything within your life story, what is the main theme you hope my listeners get from your story? The fun factor. Yeah. Uh, when I when I think about ev- all the stages of my life and things that I've been involved in or engaged in or initiated, I always want people to get their money's worth. Sure. If I'm involved, like even now, like yeah. Tyler and I are talking, I want to make sure that it was fun for you. It was. And um, 
when I'm on stage at community theater. I mean, I, it's more about the audience, right? I mean, I, yes, yeah. I, I just, again, I want to make sure people get their money's worth. Yeah. Like if I want to make sure that I um, sing the song with emotion in a way that touches people. Yeah. I guess I do want them to remember me when they walk out the door. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe um, an impetus for me to to work really hard at things and make yeah. sure I get it right. And I was in a play, Savannah Sipping Society, where I had to do mm -hmm. an Oklahoma accent. And I found this guy, this psychologist on YouTube from Dallas, Texas, which is close to Oklahoma. Yeah. And I listened to that over and over and over again to get just the right little nuances and stuff. Sure. Just so if anyone in the audience was from Oklahoma, which isn't Ashley from Oklahoma? Uh, she's from Texas. Okay. But, but, so, close but she, enough, yes. If anyone in the audience was from Oklahoma, they'd be like, ooh, you got that. Yeah. So... I want there to be a fun factor, and I, I just have pride in the way I express myself. Yeah. I love that. That's it. And I said earlier, my life is a collage. Yeah. Whether, whether I'm cooking and setting a table. That was a pod or a um, lockdown activity I had was, uh -huh. was cooking for myself and then making a pretty table like mm -hmm. i'd go to thrift stores and get linens and stuff and maybe i'd get a colorful plate and sure. then i would photograph the mise en place <laughs> which again is performing right? it is and then i would photograph everything on the table before i took my first bite and people people enjoyed that yeah and people say they like looking at my facebook posts because it brightens their day or whatever. Yeah. I, don't know. I love seeing your posts where you go like on a walk with Ruth Ellen and it's just what interests you. Is it the brook that day? Is there leaves on the ground? Like it's just very cool. Yeah. And not everyone notices those things or yeah. sees the world in that way. And um, I don't, I don't do it. It's really hard for me being an artist and not wanting to charge people. Uh, yeah. Like I I want to share my art, but the fact that I might make a lot of money doing that is that's not motivating. What motivates me is the fun factor. Exactly. Oh, if it ain't fun, what's it worth doing? Yeah. And and if you're okay, I could tell one more story. Please do. Um <clears throat> I've had times in my life and I still do where I can be negative. I can focus on negative stuff, sure. right? And just get I call it gravity face, like your whole body is like Yeah. Going down into the black hole of... Well, it's more work to be negative than it, it is, is to be positive. And uh, there was a year when, uh, in the Ames School District, we would meet the first day of the work week mm -hmm. and an auditorium, the middle, let's say the middle school auditorium, and sure. they'd have speakers or whatever. Years ago, it would be staff doing funny skits and stuff, and then they decided <laughs> we needed to pay someone to come give a speech. Uh -huh. And this one year, seven, eight years ago, they had hired a woman or a small outfit in Des Moines to make a movie about the Ames school district. Mm -hmm. And this woman had a personal issue all summer long that was horrific. I mean, mm -hmm. she, she had a premature baby and, you know, she was in the hospital and everything, oh. which I, I feel really bad for that. She might have chosen to call the Ames Community School District and say, I, I have this great personal issue. I'm not going to be able to fulfill the movie making. But she decided sure. she could do it. And she made this, she told us, she talked for 20 minutes about herself. Yeah. But it was our time to yeah. kick off our school year. Hmm. I, I felt sorry for her, but I'm like, no, this is not what I need to hear right now. And the movie was terrible because <laughs> she made it in two days. Ugh. And most of it was a drone, like. Um, going over and then she just grabs a couple kids that she saw now i mean and i i just got really angry yeah that that was how you're going to kick off a whole school year yeah and i went back to my classroom like you know 11 o'clock in the morning on the first day back and i was like steaming i was like Ugh. and then i had to talk with myself i said susan you cannot expend all this negative energy towards mm -hmm. this person you need to turn this around right now yeah and so i wrote a little mantra okay 
I am, I will, I can, I do, I imagine, I invent, I, oh, now I'm going <laughs> to, I, I think, I care, I share, I learn, I grow. That wasn't exactly it. But I love it. That became, I had the students say that at the beginning of every class. Mm -hmm. And we had motions to go with it. Okay. And so when I say fun factor, I have to turn that back on myself sometimes too mm -hmm. and say, you know, it's okay to feel these angry feelings, mm -hmm. but this is your first day of school. And I think it might have been the first day in the new Meeker building too. Okay. And so I'm like, you, you got to turn this around because you're setting the tone for yeah. the whole school year. Hmm. And, um, I love that mantra. Thank you for sharing that. I will. I care. I share. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Anyway, I have it hanging on my wall. I'll, I'll take a picture and send it to Please you. Please do. And you can go dub in your voice for when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But the the main thing isn't exactly what the words were. It's just the spirit of the yeah. thing. That, yeah. Well, Susan, Coach, thank you so much for coming here today. I really appreciated it. And if you ever want to come back again and talk more about your life, I would be more than happy to have you back. Cool. Because, you know, I'm kind of old. So there's <laughs> <laughs> Susan Norris, Chapter 2. Or hey, book there we two go. <laughs> Where is she now? Where is she now? That's right. <laughs> Hopefully living in a new house mm -hmm. on Kellogg Avenue. That would, that would be good. Be so cool. Yeah. Well, thank you again. You're welcome. And with that, that is another episode of Life Story. If you enjoyed it, please give a like and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, I'm Tyler Honig. Make it a great day.